The Overview is a production of Chaman V TV. Find out more about the show at chamanv.tv. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 89 of The Overview. I'm Chamman V. He's Fishsticks. He's EP. We're hey, just hey. finishing watching some Overwatch League. Welcome, everybody. So how you guys doing? Dude, just in case you're still wanting more Overwatch after watching <laughs> for four to five or six hours consecutively, we are here for you. Right. I know that there's some hardcore motherfuckers that are just like, yes, more Overwatch esports. Yeah, well, yeah, dude. And, and if, they, if they're not hardcore people, as Ben has noted, uh, sometimes a Twitch website can be difficult to navigate, and they think that there's still owl going on. They click on our stream and go, oh, and then they realize <laughs> it's not owl, but they stay anyways because Fishsticks is wearing the hat. Can yeah. I? Can I? Uh, branding. Can I co-stream their their uh, vods at all, or is that allowed? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think so, but you know. <laughs> okay. Maybe when you get asked, just say that. that you got permission from uh, Ben Fishsticks. Ben Fishsticks. Yeah. I, it's official. I still don't think that uh, <laughs> that makes the, the cut there. No, but uh, yeah, everybody, thanks for tuning in. I know it's a late show tonight, but you know, I know everybody wants to watch the actual over, Overwatch League matches before watching some three guys talk about it. So I uh, figured it would be best to, to wait until after the matches. So that's kind of why we're doing that this time. But we've had another awesome day of Overwatch League, and uh, we're going to talk a ton about the Overwatch League, guys, for sure. But there's also some other, a little bit of news that, you know, we haven't done the show in a long time. This is the first one we're doing this year. So we've got some Mercy patches that we haven't even gotten a chance to talk about. And then uh, and then we'll probably just jump right into Overwatch League right after that. So, um, yeah, why don't we just go into the Mercy nerfs, man? Whew. So these nerfs, significant. Nerf, yeah, significant is like an understatement. They they basically just decided. praise the Lord. <laughs> well, oh I, let's not undersell this. Yes, this is phenomenal. I feast <laughs> on the tears of people complaining over the mercy nerfs. It was very much needed. Oh, okay. So, man, uh, definitely a mercy nerf w was definitely needed. But they just literally gutted her. I mean, they, they took everything that was good about Mercy, like, you know, OP, whatever, just good about Mercy. And they just like, okay, we're just going to take something away for each one of these things because, good. you know, it, it's just, we I, we basically just don't want people to play her anymore. I, it kind of like feels like that. So, all right, let's take a look at this. So this is currently on PTR. It's not out, obviously, in, in production yet. But um, Junkrat's first. Might as well talk about the, the Junkrat change. Because the Junkrat change is actually... Uh, so somewhat significant too. The con concussion mine will now deal less damage to targets that are further away from the actual explosion. Uh, you guys like this? Seems right to me, right? Like it's, it's. I don't know why it was so strong, anyways, to begin with. I am a simple man. I am a simple man, and if there's a patch or an update to Overwatch that adds a higher level of skill, like higher skill ceiling, I'm going to be for it almost 100 percent of the time, and that's exactly what we have here, right? Yep. Right, right, TP. Right. I think you had to take something away from Junkrat. I, I still think that what I would have taken away, just because I think it affects both high level and particularly hits like mid level play pretty hard, is that I if I had the nerf Junkrat, I might have hit the tire first because of how much value it generally mm -hmm. gets. But yeah. I, yeah. something had to be removed. I think with what they changed here, though, it's going to be very interesting because obviously it's a nerf to Junkrat as a whole, but 
you know, this is very fresh in my mind from just watching it a little bit ago, but I feel like that's going to hurt the outlaws a bit where Jake was getting more mileage than most other junk rats from long range concussion mines. Uh, even tonight, there were several big mm-hmm. moments where he just yep. got, you know, sniped from across the field and that's not going to happen anymore as early as next week. So that's going to be interesting to see how uh, outlaws sort of uh, daps around that, but overall good change to junk rat, good changes to mercy. I will note, though, that Mercy has effectively been the Highlander. Every time you think she's dead, she's still alive. But <laughs> even if she's still alive after this, in cases like working with Farah and otherwise, it still should be less oppressive than it is now. All right. Speaking yeah. of Mercy, yeah. yeah it's, uh, oh, actually, uh, Fish, or Ben, do you have any comments I, on that? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I already said my piece. I'm yeah. for this change. Yeah. Just a, a, as a player of Overwatch, uh, especially, you know, I, I especially just have flashbacks to for instance, let's say control center on Lijiang Tower. Junkrats get their alts like instantaneously just because they're outputting such a sick amount of damage. And it's, of course, a lot due to his primary fire, but it's also equally so due to that beastly mind, that beastly shift. So very glad to see this nerfed. You're going to see less tires because of it. You're going to see less BS kills. I mean, the mine plus the mine is basically like a one shot kill against. Uh, 200 HP characters if you're mm-hmm. able to also connect with the left click. So now that at least is going to be much more rare, you're going to have to actually be very on point to get those one-shot kills, which is a good Yeah. Thing. Anyway, we can move on to Mercy now. Yeah, to- totally agreed. All right, Mercy, here we go. So Valkyrie, just basically everything about Valkyrie basically took a nerf here. So we, we got no longer makes Resurrect Instant. So you actually... That's the to, biggest part, by the way. Yeah, you have to go and sit yeah. there and, and, and do the Resurrection and I mean, that, I can't believe you have to be vulnerable to bring someone back from the dead. Dude, My dude, word. Remember yesterday, the drive by resurrection on that no, one? I, oh, I'm trying God, to suppress this out of my memory because it's going to be <laughs> gone soon. Like, we're going to be gone from that era. The healing can begin. Oh my god, it was so funny yesterday with just during the broadcast. The the cam's like looking up at that Mercy flying by and then all of a sudden it like resurrects like the, the guy that was sitting right next to him. It was so funny. Anyway, okay, so the next one is no longer grants a bonus charge of resurrect, so you don't get an extra one anymore. Uh, and then boost the speed boost to Guardian Angel receives a decrease of 50%, which is a lot. And then the duration is re- re- um, reduced by a quarter too. So I mean, this. They, I guess they just didn't want to change Valkyrie. They just basically decided to just completely make it, you know, uh, just for lack of a better word, what made it cool in the first place was just how powerful it was. Now it's just not that powerful. So it's just kind of like, well, what do you it's want? More, it's more powerful for the fact that Mercy is going to still be able to float ab- above the fight, still be able to chain heal or chain uh, damage boost her entire team. It's more of like a traditional uh, support alt, which is just going to be... It's it's like a sustained, uh, weaker uh, transcendence to an to an extent. I mean, it's still going to be almost impossible to kill Valking Mercies if they're high enough uh, in the sky. Uh, but the resurrection aspect is just completely nerfed to the ground. I mean, you don't get the extra res. You have to spend one point seven five seconds, which is actually an eternity, resing in the middle of a team fight. You're just not going to be able to do it in, well, in situations. Yeah. Here's here's what I'm going to know about resurrection is that. Resurrection is an incredibly powerful ability on face value. You remove a pickoff, which of course is sort of the holy grail of a team fight to get first pickoff and so and so on. If you want to use a res now, what it means is that you have to 
invest tank resources to make that happen where it, your Winston, instead of saying using the bubble more offensively needs to drop back and drop a bubble. Your diva has to use matrix, whatever it may be. The easiest way to get a resurrection off now is going to be in cooperation with your tanks, which is probably how it always should have been, rather than Mercy just being this free uh, resurrection machine where you can't really stop her going for resurrects, particularly yeah. when she was in Valkyrie, of course. So I mean, for me, I think this is fine. You're forcing a team to go, if you want to bring someone back up from the dead, you're actually going to have to make it be more of a team effort. So I sure that's fine you know and that's kind of what resurrect is now if you just minus valkyrie period right but the thing is is like valkyrie just doesn't feel you know your point with that uh ben like that feels kind of like transcendence i mean it's not though you know transcendence he, you can't kill him whenever he's transcending if valkyrie sure she can like float across the top but dude the pros can just shoot her down like that's not an issue for pro players you know like just if she's floating in the air so uh, I feel I just don't feel like this is it's kind of crazy because this doesn't feel as much like an alt anymore. Um, well, and, and before I, I would, it was way too powerful. So it's like I think they just went too far the opposite direction here. I would actually disagree. If you think about the net output of her healing and damage boost, is it really all that dissimilar from a coalescence from Moira or even the effect of a nano boost on the fight where she's still going to be more far more difficult to kill when the ultimate is in progress. The healing chain is still going to have a very big effect on things. Damage boost can have a very big effect on things. It feels like it's more in line with coalescence and nano boost. And you're almost, we're almost getting to the point argument wise where maybe sound barrier and transcendence should be looked at a little bit to bring them in line because sure. overwatch in general has had like really strong support ultimates forever. And the trend has been when new support heroes come out now yeah. to release things that are slightly less overpowering. And now Valkyrie is going to a more reasonable state. Maybe now we have the argument to bring transcendence in line and yeah, bring barrier. It, in line it could well. totally be a relative thing right now. And so that, that's a good point. Like if, if those two were much weaker, then you know these Valkyrie changes wouldn't feel so bad. Um, so, so no question that Mercy is going to be will, will definitely be out of the meta for at least a short period of time until people decide to try her again. You know we always go through that knee jerk phase, right? Whenever big changes happen, so um, it, it's going to be interesting to see even what the lineups in OWL is going to look like because I can yeah, see I mean, Jay Hong's like, a yeah, baby. Impact. <laughs> like, this is going to have an incredible impact. Uh, if you look at what we've seen over the last two days of Overwatch League yeah. matches, I think there was like just today we saw. NYXL on Horizon Loser, Lunar Colony playing with like Sombra, Lucio, Moira, and no Mercy. But that's like literally the only time in two full days of Overwatch matches that we haven't seen Mercy played. And by the way, they, they lost that match too. So this is an incredibly impactful play. It's going to impact everything from the bottom tier right on up into Overwatch League. Um, that said, I suspect that Mercy will still be a pick with Farah. I mean, go back to the pre-Valk days. Mercy was a strong pick with Farah and not a strong pick in many other situations. I think at very least, you're still going to see that be a potential pick. Look, Chamman, let me put it to you this way. This is an inside, completely unverified source, but if you think about it, it totally makes sense. Rumor has it that Rujay Hong, four hours after reading the patch notes, had to go to a hospital. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they're pretty excited over this. Oh my god. Like, they weren't good enough already. Holy smokes. It's going to be crazy to see and on a back in the meta if she is going to be <laughs> uh, yeah you know actually even if mercy is like way too nerfed i'm just excited because it means like are we going to see a lot more moira or is it going to be like lucio zen all day or yeah 
Hannah going to make her like make her presence known finally this this season of Odebiel. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Please bring back angsty grandma. Angsty <laughs> grandma. All right. Well, let's get let's get all like just the you know the, just the more sadder news out of the way before we actually get on to all the goodness. So um, another bit of news is that OG and Apex officially ended. So uh, you know they kind of made the announcement that it was it's uh, no longer going to be uh, just around anymore. So. Really, really sad. Obviously, an end of an era, an end to a you know just a a uh, series or um, you know a tournament series that has been a large part of Overwatch esports from the get go. Uh, so figured we we would you know spend some time think about it, just just talking about it. Really, you know maybe just reliving some of the you know awesome moments uh, about Apex. But you know the overall gist of it is just it's so sad. It's just sad to see that this will have no part in. In the Overwatch League, you know, just what what culminates to be like the esport, um, you know, uh, just end game for for Overwatch and something that was such a big part of starting it is not going to be part of it. So, um, yeah, what are y'all's thoughts on an OGN leaving or just Apex just going away and OGN actually just not covering doing Overwatch anymore, right? Yeah, it's not even just that Apex in particular that tournament is over, but even. Overwatch contenders in Korea isn't going to be run by OGN either. Crazy, which. Mm was kind of a surprise to me but also knowing the way that that business is done particularly in esports in korea <laughs> i can see why like overwatch league they're just or excuse me blizzard is just like okay we're gonna try something totally new totally different go with a different provider um obviously it's sad i mean the production value is insane uh for ogn it always has been it always was the 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 augmented the reality stuff that you had yeah. in the stream itself was uh, was it was so great so it's a little sad it's the end of an era but at least we could say overwatch is in a very good spot right now with overwatch league and contenders yeah. is going to carry the the tier two scene behind that as well so <laughs> it's sad we can get a little nostalgic but plenty to look forward to yeah and i, I would say here i mean when i see uh, apex ending the most i'd say is that look we've been in a changing of the guard uh, situation overwatch for a while in terms of older mainstay tournaments getting cycled out for sort of the new set of programs but there's no reason to believe that Contenders Korea won't also provide high-level competition in that region. Uh, the main thing I'm hoping for is that the casting talent that has provided great games uh, from the OGN crew is maintained going from OGN uh, to MBC. And I'm pretty hopeful that will be the case because yeah. uh, those guys have done a great job. And as long as they land on their feet with all this, uh, you know... Change is change. Uh, OGN obviously did a phenomenal job over the years when it was doing... Overwatch related content and hopefully NBC will be able to sort of take on the torch and do well uh, mm -hmm. in that same tradition. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, NBC is is like a well known TV channel out there in Korea. So I think they're going to be fine. I think the production value is going to be fine. Uh, it is weird when I say NBC. I'm just like, am I just accidentally not saying NBC? Am I thinking <laughs> that work with the Peacock? I think it's NBC. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, this is how my uh, Western NBC. brain works right now. Yeah, but hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and if, you, if you're wrong. Are, I can are almost you. beating NHL numbers at times, so take that, NBC. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. that's, that's true. That's true. Okay, well, uh, well, actually, I never even changed the topy there. That's not good. Uh, so, next bit of news we have are the the skins finally came out, uh, and that that was obviously yeah came out before the actual league started. So we're a little bit you know obviously late in, in talking about this uh, compared to you know what's going on right now. But the skins come out and. Not only with the skin, we can kind of talk about just the fact that there is an Overwatch League main menu option that's in the game, you know. So, so 
that's where we go. So those of you that might not know, haven't been in the game for whatever reason, or, or you know, just like started the game since OW all started this week, um, you can go in there. There's an Overwatch League uh, a menu option. You click in it. And right now, you'll see like the games and just all, just the current results, and you can actually click the button and, and actually pull up the stream. But also, there is where you buy the actual skins. And right now, there's you know home and away or away is it the, just the away skins? I believe the the colored it's skins. It's the colored skins. Yeah, the yeah colored you can't skins, get the, uh, skins, the yeah. white skins. Yeah. So all the away skins for all the teams and all the different heroes. So if you're one of those people trying to get every single skin, well. It just got a lot harder for you <laughs> because uh, you need a hundred of these OWL tokens to purchase a skin, and the OWL, you know, the OWL tokens have their own type of uh, you know increments that you can buy, and I'm sure that we're going to be able to earn these tokens somehow watching OWL or something like that in the near future. But uh, yeah, it's gotten a lot harder for you. It's really great that DeFran can show support by for McDonald's now by buying all the Florida Mayhem skins. <laughs> Dude, I bought the McDonald's Reinhardt. I admit it. I, I that yellow. I just couldn't resist the yellow. It was wait, Florida wait, Chris, too. Chris, hold on. I heard that you get the skin by typing exclamation point token in chat. <laughs> uh, no, it's exclamation point rewards. Would you please <laughs> no. stop misleading the viewers? <laughs> oh, you guys are giving guys, me a headache with this guys, shit. You guys, uh. it was so funny watching just the rip, just the effect. The, the moment somebody would type something, then all of a sudden, like ten thousand people would type it. It was so awesome. What do you have to think about it this way? What do you have to lose? Yeah, yeah you're probably not going to get anything. But what if there's something to get? It t costs you nothing to type exclamation point tokens. Dude, I should have totally Ugh. made a bot that actually said, "Oh, you just received the hundred tokens in Overwatch." Or Enough people like were doing that for you, Chris. Yes, it's okay. Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So the skins are there. Go and check them out. There's a lot of amazing skins. Uh, I think my son like went nuts over the Soul Dynasty ones because. The I think the Genji swords are gold, you know. So on top of having the golden sword, I mean, if you don't have the golden sword, they actually have this gold tinted sword and, and shurikens too. So um, definitely cool ones over there. But but check those out. Uh, all right, let's just get into the let's just talk about just the Overwatch League and everything about it. Um, first off, we kind of kicked off with uh, you know I, I think it was an interview with with Kevin right, and and basically um, he announced or they they talked about the two year deal with Twitch. I obviously Ben knew about this like forever now, but you know couldn't confirm or say anything about it. Uh, not a big surprise. We all kind of we all knew it was going to be on Twitch at least opening opening uh, you know just season one. But I guess it's clear that season two will be on Twitch too. So that that's really maybe the the big news. It won't be like renegotiated after season one. Uh, anything to really talk about here? I mean, like are there is it going to be be shown anywhere else? I guess maybe that's the question, right? Is Twitch the only place? I do oh, believe in the press release that is what they had there. I think there's yeah. a slight loophole it's, where you yeah. can get it on overwatchleague.com, which might be using the MLG player to do it, but yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. actually on MLG. It's great. It's like the prime example of like hilariously accurate but misleading PR speak. It's like <laughs> of course. worldwide exclusive of partner course. for yeah. third party streaming. So yes, it's still on MLG. Because uh, technically MLG is first party. Oh, is it? A oh, it's actually on. Okay, well, there it's on MLG as well. Yes, but uh, Twitch is the exclusive only on MLG. That right? Okay. But okay. Uh, so let's spice up the story a little bit because now it's at the point where it's like, okay, yeah, it's on Twitch. Everyone knows about it. We've already seen two great days on Twitch, so it's not exciting. Uh, ben, rumor has it that you fought uh, Bart from YouTube in a uh, death match to secure <laughs> Overwatch fight, for your company. Oh man, this is true. This is good. This is good stuff. Yeah, Did you we, fight we, Bart. 
we got greased up and uh, had a good old style Roman wrestling match. Was Jeff wow. watching or what? I mean, was it... <laughs> Jeff was commentating. <laughs> commentating. <laughs> It was he's, hype. He's, he's coaching, obviously, oh, the Twitch how, side how, of things. How do you think Ben got on West Coast wrestlers? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, all right, well, anyways, you know, I think we're all happy that it's on Twitch. I mean, we can finally see the numbers now, too. It's, like, amazing. It's, it's, and the, yeah. the numbers were amazing, which we should probably talk about. Uh, I mean, the the main channel itself, uh, it got, what was the, ma- just, I'm going to ask you just Ben, cause you know, exact number. What, what was the peak that it got to yesterday? Oh uh, shit. Now, now I need to go look it up. <laughs> what? It, it was like, like you know, I figured you would have this like ingrained in your head. Right yeah, now. Like, I should. It was like 447,000 or something Ooh, like that. Wow. And, and let's just remind here that Ben publicly admitted that he was wrong. Yeah. I was so wrong. All right, what, what were so, you so predicting? Wrong. What are you predicting? Let's... I don't even want to say. I'm embarrassed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I Dude, put Ben at 120,000. Yeah, it's 150,000, okay. something like that. I, I, we're playing places right now, Ben. 120,000. Yeah. 120,000. 160,000. Damn it. Uh, why did you do 120,000 once? I, I was thinking 200,000. So, wow, 160,000, Then Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, uh, so... I'm just about the most optimistic person in the world. Uh, in fact, this is a meme that will follow me to my death, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. It's just like I tried to like make every unique arena FPS successful single-handedly over the last decade can or so. Confirm. I've so, known Ben for a long yeah. time. I can confirm So this. I killed Tribes. Uh, I killed Dirty Bomb. I, I, I killed Quake Wars. I killed, uh, I killed all kinds of games. But obviously, Overwatch is a different beast. I was very optimistic. But these numbers blew even our highest expectations out of the water. I mean, 450,000-plus viewers. Now, I know that there's so much marketing going into this. I know Crazy that the we'll talk about a second for yes. over 14, 15 months since uh, October of, of 2016. I know all these things. But in my mind, I still... I thought there's no way it was going to eclipse what we saw for the Overwatch World Cup at BlizzCon because it's BlizzCon and it's the World Cup. It's like the hypest shit ever. Yet here we go on day one. It not only exceeds the World Cup's peak, and I'm talking peak at the very end, but it exceeds it by a margin of basically almost 100%. I mean, this is this is insane. Uh, I was not expecting this. I wonder if Blizzard was expecting us. I don't know if they were, but... <laughs> I'll, I'll, one thing I will say is up in the skybox um, yesterday uh, at, at opening night, everyone was ecstatic. I mean, people were walking around with stupid grins on their face, just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, everyone was just so happy. It was ridiculous. I, I mean, was it the numbers, the free alcohol, a mix of both? I'm going with a mix of both. And, I mean, yeah. I'm like, dude, dude I was just like hanging out in the, in the skybox. Wait, wait, I'm like, hey, wait, look, it's Chris Bosh. Like, cool. So at events, when you have the free box VIPs, et cetera, there's two types. There's one where they come up to you and go, we can only offer you beer and wine. And then there's the other one where they have a full bar and they're going all out. Was there a full bar? Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's opening awesome. night. Is there really? There's probably Dude, champagne. I'm just saying, like, like there's there been too, times man. for no particular reason you go up there. It's like, you know, I'm just going to go up there there's and get a good cocktail. Like the, you know, like like, in- <laughs> we we can give you uh, Corona. It's like, it's hey, like, actually, yeah. I'm gonna call out. Uh, we have I never die alone in chat who's saying he or she watched on the MLG player. So 
Okay. I say that we okay. had 450,000 on Twitch. That's not including MLG, which surely had numbers. I mean, that was the default yeah. embed on overwatchleague.com. Mm -hmm. And that's also not including China. So cumulatively... Oh, so there's 4 million more all, than you're telling is what you're saying. <laughs> 4 million more. Uh, it's actually <laughs> 7.32 billion more. <laughs> billion? Cool. Repeating. I mean... Awesome. Who knows many people China saw Shanghai lose. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so like, I, I mean, we can just talk about how excited we are about the numbers forever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think the, the really interesting thing for me as a, as a marketing person is to look at this as an, as, as kind of just like a prime example of what a major corporation can do when they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, we're talking, you got a lot of levers here. You have email, you have social media, you're able to target all the players of Overwatch. You're doing that in the Battle.net player. You're targeting Hearthstone players, your StarCraft, whatever, Heroes of the Storm, in the player as well. You've got ads running on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You've got physical TV. advertisements <laughs> running in yeah. New York Times, uh, not New York Times, Times Square Times in New Square. York. You got physical billboards going up in every city. Not to mention the fact that you have 12 teams with 12 social media uh, you know, gurus and 12 video editors all like hyping this up. Okay, okay. This is just, let, let me just say one this thing. This is a marketer's Naming <laughs> the teams, guru might be too strong with title for yes. some of the yeah. <laughs> so let's, okay, okay, let's 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 take a look at at least a couple of those things you mentioned, which was, you know, the the classic in-game client, you know, and what it looks like in the game. So first off, which is which isn't shown here. Actually, Zach had this post that had all the pictures, so that's why I'm showing it right now. But what's not shown here is that the actual Battle.net client had the stream running for for so you could actually watch just you know a small version of it right from the Battle.net client itself. And you click on it, and obviously it takes you to the stream. But when you go into you know the game, and this is like this is the whole um, you know menu option I was talking about. Overwatch and has the whole live thing there, so you know even that red live just makes you want to click on it, right? And then you click on it, and, you know. Well, this is all the free tokens thing, which you which you saw, and then um, this was what was interesting. Okay, so if you clicked on Overwatch, and normally you'd go click the play button from here. If you clicked on Overwatch on the Battle.net client, there was this giant overlay yeah. that you could, you had to click the X button yeah. to close <laughs> yeah, to start the freaking game or else you, it would take you straight to the stream. So I was just like, oh, man, this is so aggressive. I was like, yeah, Blizzard, that's that's the way to do it, right? And so, it worked. And this, yeah, it totally worked. Well, this is where it leads totally into I think, your next point, which is that yeah. you take it. I think if you need evidence that the viewership was very real and you can't just go, Oh, it's just a launcher thing, etc. This is sort of the Holy grail because it's been torturing me, Ben, uh, any personality you've seen for ages is that we got competitive overwatch on yes. our overwatch, not just competitive. Oh, overwatch. Yeah, I got a picture of that too. Holy man. shit. <laughs> that? that is, Here we go. that has not happened. And it happened. The the promised day has finally come. Yes. Oh, yes. Let me look at this. This is, the top of, this is top. Right, this is the top of our our Overwatch, which was you know we've got like a bunch of Overwatch threads, and that's not even including, you know, what was on there yesterday, which you know I think half of our Overwatch was Overwatch League stuff. So, we've we finally made it. You know, we we made this predi prediction a long time ago that that this is going to happen, and so now actually seeing it, I think a lot of other people will be like, oh, okay, yes, you know, the actual esport aspect of Overwatch will will finally have some presence in the general Overwatch community. There has never been a darker day for people who get four kills with a Diva self-destruct in their quick play game. Like, <laughs> Dude, you are just to... not going to get the same amount of upvotes if this keeps up, and it couldn't be a more glorious day. 
<laughs> yeah, but totally. Yeah, so promotion was, was just on all cylinders. I mean, I, I know that we all kind of know that those that team was working super hard since vacation, you know, since the uh, holiday vacation. So um, I'm sure those folks were, were some of the people smiling, having a good time last night. Uh, but that's just day one. You know, like even Nate said, right, this is just the beginning of, you know, the, just the be just the beginning of this this journey right and um you know this is day two that just happened so we, we kind of got to look at numbers even on day two of course day one is going to be super hype everybody's going to want to check out what's going on with overwatch league and and just even the that kind of crazy um you know promotion like we said but day two is also pretty telling you know so today um you know what, were the, what was the peak today because I, I saw the stream at like 250 but i wasn't sure like what the actual overall peak was I think it was yeah. between 250 and like 265, maybe. Yeah, roughly. I wasn't like eyeing the stream numbers all the time. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. my job to do so, unlike some people here. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was roughly about two thirds the size of opening day, uh, which is a very substantial drop, and but not something that not not really unexpected. I mean, all of the hype, literally over a year of buildup, was yesterday, and then then yeah. today rolls around. Also, we didn't have Dallas versus Seoul, which is yeah. like the oh my god, yeah, and that's like having U.S. versus Korea basically um, on the first day. So yeah, two. You know, we would get. The, I got like a couple of tweets where it's like, oh man, it's such a drop off on day two. I mean, that's kind of worrying. I'm like, are you serious? It's like it's 250k, guys. Are we just seriously worried about 250k? Seriously? So um, yeah, it's, it, we're going to have a drop off. We're going to have a drop off over time too. You know, when whenever we're, we're doing this every single week. Uh, but you know what? If we could get like if we could average like a hundred thousand like every single week, that's great. That's freaking awesome. You know, so. Yeah, uh, you know, get having big events like opening weekend and you know world just the championship, you know, just whatever the playoffs and then into the actual finals. You know, we, we get numbers like this, then that's amazing. So, um, and better to start high like this than not to start low, guys. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean. I would also call it the fact that the in the rewards for watching the streams haven't kicked in yet. What? So, are you serious? Imagine, I thought I thought imagine. all the the, the rewards. <laughs> No, they wanted rewards and they weren't getting them. <laughs> maybe people, maybe it doesn't matter because people thought that they were getting rewards and they weren't. Dude, that's but meta, meta promotion. Once those right kick there. in, that should be good. Also, it's Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday. I mean, yep. we're gonna we're gonna actually get to see what happens when it's full on weekend mode uh, mm -hmm. in a minute here. Then I thought you were gonna say just break into song there, <laughs> like that was uh, Thursday. Uh, oh, Friday, happy days or something. Oh like God, that? yeah. Damn. No, no, you, you've actually it. blocked it from your mind, Chris. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Um, all right. So I guess what, what should we talk about? Well, Ben, you were at the arena, right? Like, what, what was the arena like on day one, outside of just obviously the the VIP suite, seeing you know, hanging out with Chris Bosch and stuff like that. You know, you know <laughs> I think the the arena had a very similar feel to the stream itself. It was just extremely polished. I mean, you see, you see that huge. I think they said it was like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, but I think they said it was like six 4K projectors building that whole screen and that and that uh, the LED wall. Uh, it looks and feels just incredibly solid. The fact that they were able to pull this this level of polish off on day one is really impressive. Like this, you just walk in and just huge screens are up there with like great creative of all the players and all the teams and like highlights from the matches. Yeah. And then all of the merch is just perfectly lined up for you. Everything's well lit. You know, just the, the crowd was hype. Uh, everything was just polished. Like there's, 
I don't know what else to say about it other than it just felt like a really solid sports experience. And I've been to a lot of esports events and the production value they've got going on on that stage compares with some of the biggest events I've been to. It was so question, were they selling concessions? Uh, did you see anyone yes. like walking around popcorn with and hot dogs? There, there's like nachos and terrible shit like that. Yes. <laughs> terrible shit. Well, well, uh, can you rephrase? That is not terrible. I'm not a fan of nacho cheese. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Doesn't Jenica like nacho? I, I could have sworn she wanted to get some when we were in World Cup. So, yeah. Um, okay, okay. Okay. Well, um, how is, you know, like, it's hard to tell, actually, you know, just from watching at home, but is it hype in the arena? Like, do they try to hype up the arena, like, with in-game announcers and stuff like that, or no? You know, no. There isn't really a hype, man. Hmm. Okay. Um you know, you go back to World Cup and they have guys with t-shirt cannons and they're like they're <laughs> yeah, like getting specific parts of the crowd hype. Yeah. That actually wasn't even really a thing. It was pretty mm. much all organic from what I could tell. That okay. said, I, I wasn't in the crowd that much. I, I split my time equally between like the social media cave with no windows and just like a small monitor and like the the box, the sky box with like Chris Bosch. So I, I was I was oscillating between those two. It's like Chris, you want to do some tweets for me on a Twitch account? <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Production wise, you know, I think that we we saw we've definitely seen some polish from preseason. Uh, definitely in a lot of the transitions. There's some additional you know screens that we see now. You know, of the players before the matches and. Uh, I mean, just a lot of those those little things that probably most people don't even notice, but it looks really good. I mean, those things I, I think really added to the fact that you know we they've done a lot of work to this, you know, to make it actually look top notch for everybody on on day one. So um, replays, you know, they have those that kind of like str string of replays after each series that I think a lot of people really mm -hmm. enjoy just watching between matches. Yeah. Um, I think that's really really smart of them. Didn't see the whole replay where. You know, you follow the arrows, you know, or the shots, you know, that they did in preseason a few times. You know what I'm talking about? Like the the snipe kind of follow shots kind of thing. Um, so I don't know if they're they're planning that they just just remove that altogether, or if, or maybe. Uh, My to... guess would be, and this is not going off any official information, so I'm free to speculate. But okay, yeah, of I would say for that sort of stuff is that I would assume that they're really just focused on making sure the basics are being done right first. And then you layer that stuff in after when everything before is being done well, because sure. that's sort of getting into sort of the razzle dazzle part of spectating, but there's not a real point to putting that in if you're getting other parts on the replay side of things like screwed up. So yeah. I would expect that sort of thing to come back in as confidence grows in the stability and watchability of what they have currently. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right, ZP. Uh, they're they're going to be building on the foundation here, and clearly they have the technology to do things like what you're explaining, Chris. Uh, and if they can, they will. They're they're going to layer it on uh, yeah. over time. I think in preseason they were just literally trying out every single tool they had available to them, so they just kind of threw it up every once in a while just to check it out. But I loved it, man. Whenever they did use it, it was shit. It was, it was really really awesome. Um, but overall, I think the replays I think are, are better. There's still sometimes where the replays are just a little bit long, I would say. But um, but overall, I, I feel like it's it's very crystal clear when it's a replay, and and usually it, it's effective as to what it's trying to show. Um, uh, you know, other production observing. I mean, I, I still think there's some issues, but you know, I, I think Ben, you were mentioning to me there, there's some restrictions right now in terms of observing. So um, kind of hopeful that you know we will get a little bit more free cam in the future. 
Uh, but mini map, we saw a lot of mini map yesterday, which was great. And then we didn't see much today. So I, I'm not sure if there was a conscious decision in that or not, but I think that might fall in the same bucket as what you were talking about ZP, which is like, okay, they're, they're still trying to get the basics down. Once they get the basics down, they'll, they'll work in the mini map a little bit more. But, um, but I, I saw a lot of comments on the mini map. There are a lot of people that like it. So it's not just us, you know, it's, it's, well, it's particularly good when you have cases like what I would point to, uh, tonight, there is a great example when you're watching Florida mayhem on temple of Anubis, Mm -hmm. it's not always clear where people flanking are, uh, a caster can generally catch it, but you have to really be looking, but you throw the mini map, you can clearly see, okay, logics is on the right flank. The rest of the team is saying up on the left. And it becomes very easy to sort of follow the progression there of, okay, they're all coming in from the left side as Logix is coming in on the right. And now they're both going to engage in such a way as to try and push the supports into a corner and make this dive work. And the mini-map for giving setups of where teams are is actually really good for that. Mm-hmm. I feel like because of its view, you can't use it all the time. Like, you have to use free cam for that purpose, sure. perhaps more. But using that every few runs or particularly before a bigger run, right? Where one team, where not where it's one team with ults, but say both teams have like three, four ults, getting that overview shot as sort of extra positioning knowledge to give you an idea is okay. Rear people position before what is going to be with all certainty a decisive fight in the course of this match. I think that's really helpful, not only for the audience, but also for people watching it for analysis purposes or otherwise and trying to go, well, what was the real story here? I think the overhead map is nothing but useful. And my hope is that eventually you get to a point with perhaps in-game spectating, et cetera, that you could always view the overhead map and, you know, just maximize the amount of data you have as a viewer. Yeah. Thought, (laughs) my head's just going... Maybe I should ask if uh, we can just do like a mini map stream. And you can just open on your second monitor. I would totally use that. That would, that would be so. Yeah, I would useful. totally use it too. I mean, I would one hundred percent use that. I mean, it, it's, uh, but it's, it's, oh, I, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. We, we've talked about observing. Yeah, dozens of times on this show. Exactly. Exactly. I don't so. want to beat a dead horse. What yeah. I really want to do is put my my money where my mouth is and finally make that video that I've been talking about forever about my thoughts about observing. It's getting better. And it's getting better, and things are being added and layered on. I still think that we're not <laughs> seeing enough free cam. I really, really do. In between team fights, I want to see where defense is setting up. I want to see atta- how the attacking team is coming in. I want you to zoom in with the attacking team as they're moving forward, and then like snap onto the Genji, then snap onto the tracer. I, I want to see that. Yeah, I definitely. Almost every time there's a team I, fight, like there's a break totally between agree. fights. I want to see that, like. I've said it before. I literally think we could be seeing like ten times more free cam than we're seeing yeah. right now. So I mean, not the, everyone agrees with me, but well, I I totally agree. I think we all yeah. here at least agree yeah, with there's you. A, so it's there's a lot of factors that go into observing. You can't always do it, but I know um, observing wise when I used to do uh, homegrown observing, etc. I definitely grew into the style of free cam before fight and then first person in fight. And I think that's the right balance to do. Uh, We've seen everything in Overwatch, right? We've seen nothing but free cam, which isn't good. We've seen nothing but first person, which isn't great, but better than all free cam. And then we've seen, we saw like the reverse, which I was really not a fan of, where you had free cam in fight, first person not in fight. Yeah, yeah, which that's just kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I think eventually we'll get to a good balance. And the observing team has improved considerably week after week, and there's no reason to think that they won't continue to improve and put on a great well, product. I mean, 
it's it's hard to say. <laughs> like, I don't want to I don't want to jump too much in. I'll just the only thing I'll say about it is that um, I'd like to see a little bit of third person, or at least off of first person point of view, whenever Genji ults. I think that was probably the most jarring thing out of all the entire uh, just um, uh, observing for for all of day one and even you know even today. So if you can just take it off it, I think it would just be very 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 much easier on the eyes and and people would, that are watching for the first time won't be like completely shocked you know of what they're seeing or or understand even what they're seeing. Um, you know, I, I, this is one area where I will disagree, and there's a primary yeah. reason, but also just a general reason is that. I don't like the Genji third-person cam. I have always hated the Genji third-person cam. And a big reason for it is that when a Genji is going for Dragon Blade, it's not just him slicing around. There's also the entire part where it's the time where people are going to be trying their best to shut down the Genji, which means that if you're not watching from the Genji's point of view, you're not going to see how a good reflect would happen in that point of view. There's so many times mm. where you're in the point of view of a Dragon Blade Genji, and if you're watching from first person, you get a much better view of I, reflected flashbangs, reflected helix rockets, and other things that could shut him down. The third person view, you might get a better view of the slashes, but I feel like it takes away from some of the intensity of the Genji. I, I understand the... Uh, I mean, I, I know what you're talking about, but I would give that up for the camp literally just going like this the entire time like i i people can't watch that like they, they can't like not not but people that don't play the game particularly i mean we can watch it because we know what's going on and we've done it before we've played genji before and we've done all that craziness but that's just not good tech i mean that's not good like just generally for people to have to watch something like that so anyways we can argue about it all, all, all we want like off air but let's get into the matches that's what everybody wants to hear just like what we think about this uh day one matches and we'll get in obviously to, to the matches uh today too so kick things off with the valiant against the shock which um uh, i think uh, was a rematch from preseason right um and in, in preseason we we saw uh the valiant end up um it was a really close match, but Valiant ended up taking it. A lot of it, you know, I, I think a lot of people put on the shock having played a previous match, you know, right before that, so maybe some fatigue. Uh, but this time around, the Valiant were pretty dominant. Uh, you know, they, they had agilities definitely in the lineup this time around, and uh, I don't know, we just saw a much cleaner Valiant. And I don't know if the... I mean, I think the shock probably played a little bit worse too. I mean, particularly sleepy. I think sleepy played a, a lot, lot of worse. It worse. Yeah. Not, and not yeah. just sleepy. Dante was underwhelming. Yeah, Nobi sure. was getting outclassed, and sure. the entire strategy of protecting Baby Bay only goes so far. I mean, that they were yeah. so dependent on the protecting the McCree in some of the rounds that they played that even when they did get an advantage, they weren't really positioned to aggressively dive in and finish fights. They mm -hmm. let L they let the Valiant back into fights that they probably shouldn't have been back into. But uh, across the board, I mean, I, I would just note this. I remember looking at Dorado and seeing agilities with almost three times the ult charge of Dante after the first fight. The degree to which agilities was outplaying Dante when they were both on Genji was stupid. <laughs> and the degree that which you saw Nomi getting outplayed on tanks, stupid. Like this is a case where you sometimes the teams you go, well, it came down to coordination, etc. This matchup came down to Shock just getting outskilled the key positions across the board. Well, soon too. Soon was just playing everything that soon play was was, was amazing and just outplaying his counterpart. So uh, yeah, Ben, any thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I think one of the big stories for me, from what I could tell, was that when Sleepy was getting dove and not protected yeah, and totally. dying, yeah. 
Shock was losing every one of those fights. Uh, I, I just didn't feel like they were doing enough to keep Sleepy in the game. Uh, of course, San Francisco, it's my city. I'll, I'll stand up for them and say, wait until March because Sinatra and Super both turn 18 around then. Yeah. Obviously, Super is a really, really talented main tank player, which I think is one of the biggest weaknesses. And of course, everyone knows what Sinatra can do on the Tracer. Uh, but I think you're also right that particularly in like specific matchups, they have all these amazing hitscan players, but I'm not sure that they have the one Genji or one Farah player that's going to be able to compete with projectile specialists across the board here. Well, they also just made very strange decisions that uh, I did. It wasn't a good coaching performance to say the least. When you do just silly things like running a McCree on second point Nambani into a 76 when you have Baby Bay, who's very capable of running a good 76, it's questionable as hell. You cannot be making these play calls when you're just clearly playing into a hero disadvantage. Now, maybe on the Bonnie, that was a point where San Francisco just said, okay, you know what? Let's just let's get out of here. We've lost the series. It doesn't matter anymore. Who knows what they're at? But it just felt like they weren't making intelligent swap ups throughout the entire series. But the Bonnie was just the. <laughs> really worst example of that where not only were yeah. they playing bad compositions, but they also weren't paying attention to threats. I mean, Silk Thread had all the time in the world and then some on that map. You just look at that and goes, wait, why is this happening? And it should have been happening. San Francisco was just, they weren't playing appropriate compositions for the positions they found them in. They, even when they were playing decent compositions, they weren't target selecting in a way that made any sort of sense. And yeah. these problems just got worse overall. And Credit where credit's due. Valiant played great. Oh, they played great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. soon as Ilya's so still, I'm not they to take all look good. I mean, here, but yeah. Shock looked like a wounded animal for a lot of that series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, we'll definitely, I think we see them. Do we see them tomorrow? We're definitely going to see them again one, one other time this week. Everybody plays twice. So, we'll see how the Shock recover from uh, that, that kind of opening game here. Uh, the next one that we have here is the other LA team. We've got the Gladiators versus the Shanghai Dragons. And another dominant performance by the LA team. The Gladiators winning 4-0 against Shanghai. Uh, I mean, Shanghai looks the same like to me like as they did in preseason for the most part. Like, Still looking a tiny bit lost on some of the, the, the maps. And I mean, the Gladiators look clean. I mean, it's hard to really judge the Gladiators because I don't think they... I don't know. Like, I, I didn't really, Nothing really stood out to me, but... It wasn't that they played bad or anything. I mean, they, I just don't think the Shanghai or the Shanghai Dragons even pushed them at all. So I don't know what you guys took from it. I mean, what I took from it is that at least I feel safe with Shanghai because they don't beat anyone. That's that, that's where we're at. <laughs> oh right my now. god! Oh. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like Shanghai, they're not playing at an owl level to the degree that every other team is playing. Like even the other teams that we call out for struggling, yeah. Shanghai is not even playing on that level right now. So So you're just saying I, they're I, bad right now. That's what you're basically yes. saying. Yes. Okay. All I gotta say about Shanghai is I really, really hope that they can pick up some of those MY guys <laughs> in the in the uh, They should have been on the team in the first place. Like I don't even Everyone knows it. This is the like... MY if you don't remember or you somehow missed this before uh, what was it about two months ago? Yeah. Maybe two and a half months ago. So miraculous people. youngsters mm -hmm actually took lunatic high to the very brink in a best of five it was 2-2 and they were just so close to beating them on the horizon lunar colony like 
why is my not this shanghai team like god why? nobody Please. is on there it's which is crazy like it's yeah so anyways no, they're, they're, so go ahead i was just gonna say my general prediction of shanghai is that i still think shanghai is the most likely candidate for the mid-season resurrection where they have four roster spots left available there is a whole lot of talent in the chinese region to pick up i think that of any of the teams in the Overwatch League that might have a bad start, they are the most likely to recover from it. And well, that and I mean, you look at how they've begun here. You can't, you have nowhere to go but up now. So <laughs> yeah. improvement has to be on the menu. Yeah, yeah. So the Gladiators, I mean, they they played solid. I mean, there's nothing really to say, not much to say about them because again, it was hard to judge even how well they're playing or if they aren't playing well. So uh, you know, definitely a good win for them. Uh, or at least a free win for them, maybe in week one, but it's good to get it. All right, the next match, the third one, was basically the highlight of the entire night. I was kind of surprised they didn't lead off with this, to be honest, but in the end, I, I think it was, you know, I, I could understand the decision just because everybody came back, I think, for for this uh, uh, Soul Dynasty versus Dallas Fuel matchup here. And, um, I mean, this matchup pretty much lived up to the expectations. I mean, it is... I think Dallas got off to a quick start, which I think everybody was hoping that, that that would happen. And then, you know, if they could pull off the upset by just, you know, Seoul, I think still being, you know, a little bit off, um, off balance, you know, for more than just one game, then then maybe they could, you know, take the series. But really, really close. Dallas took that first game and almost took the second game. And, uh, you know, obviously ended up losing two, I think it was two to one Seoul, and then they tied one. So it was super close match. And, you know, it was good to showcase, I think, this level of play on day one of the Overwatch League. Uh, and level of parity as well, yeah, when you yeah. take a look at where mm -hmm. you have this case where, you know, I think fans of really good play certainly wouldn't have minded if this was the case. But there were fears of the idea that the all Korean teams would come in and sort of dominate the league. And so far, that doesn't look like that's going to be the case. They can bleed. They still might be number one. But it's going to be close across the board is what it feels like so far. And I mean, Hey, Seoul versus Dallas, this is effectively shaping up to be potentially the warriors versus Cavaliers. Of yeah. Overwatch. It's a rivalry, especially sure. if you consider yeah. prior history that these teams have had against each other in tournaments like apex, uh, the core that remains on both sides. So look, if we can get legendary matches like this on, you know, even just once every three weeks, I will be very happy. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about biting my tongue on this for a little while, but then then I decided to just tweet out my full thoughts on it. The level of play in the Seoul Dallas match was just different. It was just on a different level than it the other matches we saw yesterday. Everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was. I, I like literally think that that match was ten times more entertaining than the other matches. Every second of that match was like nail biting. I mean, some of those hooks that Taimu was hitting yeah, as Roadhog yep. on Junkertown had mm -hmm. me losing my mind. He had just these insane predictive hooks over and over again. The Widow play, Siegel Leta. even popped off with Hanzo here and there, which was just... <laughs> that was awesome. The Hanzo Leta was, was amazing. doing Fleta things. Like, yeah. It was so fun to watch. It was every moment was exciting. But we saw uh, we saw adjustments being made too, like mid, like between matches, in matches, and I mean, I think oh, Dallas yeah. might, might have done a little too much of it towards the end, but I think they were they were kind of reeling a little bit at the end. You know, it was like one of those things where they came out with it like really really strong, and then you know, Soul just kind of like I flipped it on them a little bit. 
I don't mind that though, because this is, you know, I mentioned on another uh, podcast earlier in the week, but look, if you're going to be experimenting as a team with doing more roster shuffles, doing more hero shuffles, now's when you do it. You do it early on in the season. Maybe you don't do it against your like, you know, vaunted rival here, but even still, it, you have the flexibility to mess around and really see what you could get away with as a team in a real live match situation. Now, you don't have that flexibility when you're in a tough playoff race three weeks down the line, or well, not three weeks, but it's deeper into the season, certainly, when you start getting into uh, split number three, and suddenly you realize, oh God, we have a lot of must-win games if we want to have a proper seed, potentially get a buy, so on and so forth. So now's the time as a team to experiment because you can do so without being under pressure. So I don't really mind teams over mixing it up as it were. I think it's totally I mean, fine. we we got a chance to see effect like really go off on Widow too, which was like, oh my God, if you can if he can go off on Widow and on Tracer and I mean it's kind of crazy. Uh so we saw, you know, we, we saw a mixture of a lot of different heroes um on on that team. And you know, I think that's the future of Overwatch. You know, that that sort of thing or, or future of Overwatch League is to have, you know, teams that are like that. Um I I do think that Soul just fundamental baseline, you know, is just more talented, you know, than them. And Dallas does have to mix this up to just go straight head to head with them. But, um, you know, I, it's really entertaining to just kind of see both of them colliding, the different styles kind of colliding and just watching soul have to like adapt to it. That was really, really entertaining too. You know, like it took them a, you know, a, a couple matches to kind of, or a couple maps to figure it out or at least figure out like what was going to work for them. And then once it did, it was just like really, really tough for Dallas to, to keep up with that. But um, it's cool. You know, this is the type of storylines we want to talk about, what the casters want to talk about, the desk wants to talk about. And, um, you know, like you said, Ben, it was much more interesting than the others that we saw. I mean, they were all four O's too. So it's not saying too much that it was way more interesting, but even from the standpoint of, of what Overwatch is supposed to look like, you know, that, that was close to what it should look like. I what I'm looking that, forward to is the day that uh, every caster both lives for and dreads in a sense where you get the three match day where everything uh, goes to five and is incredibly long with uh, extended <laughs> right. overtimes, et cetera, across the board. Yeah, like yeah. I want the anti four overwatch day. Yes. Yeah. I think well, someone, uh, I think I read on, day, but... <laughs> I think I saw on Reddit that every character, but Symmetra was played in that one Poor four Symmetra. map series. Wait, Tor was played? When was Torba played? So I, I saw a Reddit thread that said that. I, I don't remember. Torba, I don't remember Tor being No, wait, they played Noombani, probably on Noombani. Was it? Okay. I, I, didn't I don't remember. That. Okay, anyway. Cool. Uh, but like, we saw interesting things like that we, that will probably become the new norm. Like playing Reaper on Junkertown. Hadn't really seen that before. Both teams did it. Uh, I love the fact that Dallas was able, like, you. They were able to switch up their comp and like people who you thought should be playing one character weren't. Uh, you know, they pulled out Widowmaker, but it was Effect playing Widowmaker, not Taimu. <laughs> right. um, there were points where uh, Seagull's on Junkrat and then a Taimu's playing Roadhog. And then the next map, you have Mickey playing Roadhog. And like, yeah, Chips even switched to like a weird, like some things at, at points too. Oh, like... yeah. And then, of course, you know, this is not, not weird anymore, but like you have Harry Hook flexing on the soldier. Like mm -hmm. this team is just so flexible. But does oh, it need to be flexible? See, of that's trying the thing. to go up against fuel uh, from many teams just to be the part that because they're somewhat unconventional in their swaps how they play, they are a harder team to prepare for mm -hmm. as compared to, say, a Florida Mayhem where you're just like, well, six players, 
same style for the most part, most games that we can yeah. deal with. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, that was definitely exciting. I think it was the highlight. And it was cool to see the viewership kind of spike in the beginning, kind of low a little bit and then spike again, you know, so late at night. I mean, that was like 11 p.m. So or Eastern, which was for Eastern in the Europeans. It's definitely, you know, extremely hard to watch that. But people clearly stayed up and watched it. Uh, so day one, that concluded day one. I think it was a smashing success. And then we went into day two today and we saw uh, London and Florida for the first time going against each other. And, um, you know, the, a lot of people have been hard on Florida, but they, they took that first game against London. And um, I, I think that Florida, it, it was kind of what I was expecting too. I think Florida um, is better than a lot of people think, you know, even just with the six-man roster. Uh, and, you know, with, with Spitfire too, like we, we didn't see them change their roster too much. Like they just played with the same six, I think, the entire time, unless I'm re not remembering correctly. Uh, but they didn't sub in too many people. So what did you guys think about London this time around? Because there, there was mixed reactions given that they lost in the Gladiator in preseason and, and um, you know, they were still trying to figure out two teams basically melding within themselves. Well, I think they're still figuring stuff out clearly. It's a case where it's always going to be an interesting project merging two rosters together. They were able to take a win that most people expected that they would win, albeit Florida definitely looked rejuvenated. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Florida still got to find the extra gear because even though they played above expectations, even though London at times was shaky, it's still end of the day. It's a three one in favor of London. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, hard to tell if this is a case of, I, I mean, Florida definitely played above what people are expecting. People mm -hmm. are still putting them. A lot of people power ranking uh, power rankings have them at 11, just, uh, just above <laughs> Shanghai. Yeah. But they definitely played above that. Um, but the question is, is London still playing up below where they should be? Uh, in theory, they should be the best team in the league. GC, GC Busan, the entirety of GC Busan is on London Spitfire. GC Busan won the last season of Apex, beating Lunatic High. Uh, not to mention they have guys like Birdring uh, from uh, KDP. KDP, yep. So in theory, they should be the best team, right? Um, so it, it kind of feels like both Florida overperformed above people's expectations. And then also London continues to potentially underperform. Look at this yeah. way, Ben, if they're not the best team, then Jack's going to own the entirety of overwatch league before the season. Is over. <laughs> so, you know, what? keep hiring more people. Yes. I, mean, I mean, profit and burden played great. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they played that much worse. I mean, they, I mean, Fisher didn't play so, but they had gesture in. So I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to say. I, I don't think Spitfire played, way under what they could play i mean those guys played great during that series no. so uh, it might be a case they're underplaying a bit but it's not as bad as the preseason they were playing way under the like what they should have been playing in preseason so um they'll get a test i think later on this week against uh the fusion which we're about to talk about the fusion is like the team i think that surprised a lot of people they they went up against houston Nobody knew what to expect from the Fusion, but I think most people picked Houston to win this this matchup. Well, Philadelphia came did. out super... Basically everyone. Yeah, basically everybody. And it, I'm not sure it even had so much to do with not even knowing what the Fusion had. It was more just like Houston just looked good, even the two losses they, they had in preseason. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Houston is now like in the weird spot as a team that you never really want to be in of they're playing everyone really close, but 
they're having trouble picking up wins. If you take a look at what happened yep. in the preseason now here, mm-hmm. obviously preseason was more exhibition in terms of how it was handled, but it's still a bit of a disconcerting sign. But the reality is that Philly played a lot better than anyone was expecting. And particularly given the fact that they were, had to overcome issues like everyone getting there late, uh, the part where there's still almost certainly communication issues with the team because of just the different languages that everyone speaks. There was a lot of, very good reasons to underrate Philly coming in here, despite the fact that they have plenty of individual talent, but the individual talent that they do have very much shined. And one thing I'll have to say here, because I've been, it's been a very up and down roller coaster for me where, you know, I was one of the people immediately on team Shadowburn uh, way back in uh, 2016 <laughs> when he was, you know, making his coming out party, doing incredibly well, just uh, on the rises again, G. I was also one of the people that was one of his detractors when it felt like he wasn't grinding out as much and sort of lost his R of invincibility, despite the fact that, sure, there were meta changes that hurt Genji. You still had the case where Shadowbird didn't seem to be quite as effective, and now it feels like he's gotten back on the grind again because he's becoming more like the Shadowburn of mid-2016 than the Shadowburn that sort of had issues throughout 2017, and that's exciting to watch if you're a Genji fan. Yeah. Uh, I, as as I was watching that game unfold, uh, it just started kind of a clicking in my head that Philly, my my take on Philly is that this meta suits them very well, and that that they have role players who suit this meta just almost to a T. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think of top Zenyatta's, you think of Boombox, right? Yeah. When you think of amazing main tanks, Frank Fraggy is way up there on the list. When you think of Tracer and Hitscan, Carpe is like way up there. Genji, nobody's better than Shadowburn. So if they're playing th- this particular meta, they have basically everything it takes to be one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I think if you look at a Houston, they could do anything. You, you know, they, they could switch in different players, switch and do different styles. Uh, I feel like they're a much more flexible team. But right now, Philly is actually scary. I think like... People are sleeping on them. I could see oh. them finishing in the in the top. Like I, I definitely, definitely see playoffs. them going to playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, just all around, like they have role players. They have the right role players right now. It makes you think maybe they have someone really smart uh, on the in the GM role who is able to select, hand select this team for this specific reason. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you know, just getting kind of back to Shadowburn. I mean, we just it was like right from the get go in game one. It was just. You just felt Shadowburn imposing his will just on the back line. I mean, he making smart decisions, just being aggressive. And, and you know, one thing about Shadowburn today, too, is like he, he knew when to actually step off the gas a few times. You know, I actually noticed that. Like, no, there would be moments sometimes when you see Shadowburn go a little, a little too deep. Uh, still kind of going off on his own for the most part and his team kind of like playing around it. But still, like like I felt like he he was making huge impacts. Carpe was solid as can be. Fraggy was probably MVP of that series. Oh I yeah, mean, he, Fraggy played amazing. Made, that that Winston, you know, in the overtime, that that where he was hiding behind the back of the, you know, like the um the temple area there uh on the on that last map and it was able to delay long enough for like Shadowburn and everybody to get back to retake that point. Oh my god, that was so good. That was like crazy, crazy awesome play by Fraggy there. Um and he just did that basically the entire se- um series. So he's underrated too, even though a lot of people know Fraggy from from previous uh teams still. I think I think a lot of people don't. And um yeah this team looks really good. I think Houston didn't look right tonight. Like a lot of their players that you know have stepped it up, or at least in preseason, even World Cup, just didn't look the same tonight. 
Um, and uh, so I think they just had a bad night too. Uh, not to say that the fusion didn't force that. I think the fusions play did did have a lot to do with it too. But you know, we didn't see that Houston that uh, team that could rise to you know the occasion on on a lot of these these um, moments. So uh, I, it had I a lot to do I, with control maps too. Control maps they just are not good on control maps. I also think it was a pretty bad night for supports overall. More so yeah. on the Houston side, uh, Rockus really had a rough gosh. night. I yeah. mean. I mean, look, what happened on the end of King of the Hill sort of like sums up the entirety <laughs> yeah. of the night where yeah. you're under pressure and you know, I'm just sitting here mock casting for practice going in. It's like, well, look, now you have a case where <laughs> all they want to do here is pressure Rockus use transcend it's early, make yeah. this easier. It's really hard to get a pick off on a Zen in the situation. And as I'm saying the words, he gets picked off and I just go there. How are you letting this happen? How can you get picked off when you are in the final fight and you have to use transcendence here? I mean, I get it. You're riding the line, but you know you rode the line in such a degree well, that. You, uh, I mean, I thought he used transition uh, transcendence early in that. In that. No, last no, the final of, fight. He got. Did he, he have it? Off, okay, uh, I didn't. I didn't realize if he. I didn't realize he had it actually when he got picked off. Yeah, okay. he had it. He got okay. picked off while he had it, and then that's oh, why you I saw see. him like transcending in at the very end because it's like, mm. well, I guess I do the. Play oh now. right, right, but okay, it, yeah. Yeah, but even on the Philly side. Uh, yeah, people will link the part where Neptuno like kills three people running around as Versi, but <laughs> yeah, Neptuno I mean, was, was also sure, sure, yeah. He was getting picked early in a lot of fights. It just it was a sloppy series for me, support play. Yeah, well, so support play too, but also like defensive support too. I, I think that the diva play was not as high level as I'm used to. You know, like on I have to say from Matt like tonight, and, and that had a lot to do with Rockus too, like dying in, in some cases. So. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that overall, yeah, support could have played better, and that goes for a lot of these series that we talked about even yesterday. Uh, and but still, like I, they can play better. And like you said, Houston needs to learn how to win. Like I, I think it's actually a, a a very valid issue right now. Like it, it it plays a role in your confidence. You know, if you don't win, and um, you know, getting some of these kind of easier wins. You know, like the Gladiator got on Shanghai tonight. That, it doesn't seem like it's it's valuable at all, but it does. It, it keeps your confidence up. And so, you know, Houston's next match is against New York. I mean, they literally get no, no uh, you know, freebies anywhere. So, like, are they going to beat New York? I, I'd probably say that the Houston team that played tonight definitely will not beat New York. And I, I, was, I was thinking that they would actually push New York. Um, so, anyways, yeah, Houston, you know, no, no need to panic or anything, but still, like, they should be playing better than they are right now. There's enough talent on the roster that they could definitely turn things around. Although yeah. I do think that right now, I would say that they're due for a fairly rough week when Junkrat gets nerfed. Uh, Jake has been what? playing incredible on Junkrat as he stands right now, but that's not going to be the case soon because a lot of his mileage of Junkrat comes from long-range kills. And frankly, yeah. you're not going to be seeing a whole lot of those if the patch changes go in. So... I do think Outlaws is probably going to have a rough week the week that happens because you're going to have to deal with Jake sort of transitioning going the, oh, I can't play Junkrat 70% of the time. Man. I mean, what do you think about their issues on control maps? Like, they are definitely worse on control maps. Like, when I see them play, like, Lunar Colony, it's, like, very clean, crystal, I mean, very clear plan, very clear, great, crisp execution. But then I see them on, on these these control maps, and they lose, like, first battle, like, almost every single time. And, you know, they, they're just against the, the wall, like, non-stop on these maps and they clearly lost these control maps in this this uh, series too so um is this a a trend that i think this team has where they just are not good on those maps well so far evidence indicates that it is i mean yeah. it's 
sometimes it is just a team having a bit of a slump on it. It's hard to say if there's something mm-hmm. deeper causing it, but I mean, I'd say the main thing that really strikes out is that they have difficulty getting first pickoffs in uh, the control maps right now where mm-hmm. they're a team that is historically clutched on heavy tank play to sort of dominate control and otherwise, but somehow that's not really translating into early picks. And mm-hmm. it, not only that, but they're also they've been particularly bad at cleaning out points after they're winning a fight. There were so many times against Philly where they would be winning the fight and have three, four people on with one person left, and then they would let a tank roll in and delay for just enough, not focus the tank adequately, leave enough time for someone else to come in, and then, you know, best case scenario, taking the point after losing another 30%, or worst case scenario, not taking the point at all. So I think cleaning up a fight after getting the hard part done when they do get the early pickoffs is something that they're definitely going to have to work on. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to the last match that we had that, that happened uh, not too long ago. We had the New York Excelsior against the Boston Uprising. Uh, New York ended up taking it 3-1, which you know isn't really a big surprise. But you know, I think the thing I was most curious about was to see if the Boston team you know would continue looking like the team that we saw in preseason, which was a surprising. You know, like I think Stryker and some of those guys actually surprised me, and so um, and Dreamcast were too. Uh, so. You know, I think we got to look at that. I think those guys actually are. I, mean, I think they're still playing quite well. It's just, you know, New York, I think, is one of the top teams in the league. And, um, you know, watching those mono mecha, <laughs> those mono combos where, where they would uh, they would use the Arisa of, of, you know, the gravity thing, and then they would hook from there. Uh, I mean, I love seeing those combos. It's definitely so great. But anyways, what did you guys think pull from this series? Anything in particular? Hmm. Boston yeah. is continuing to sort of pull the we're playing people closer than expected but still losing card. I guess it, 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 it's similar to Houston, but it's not <laughs> as close. It it feels like there's plenty of points where you go, wow, Boston can really compete, and then the dust settles and you go, oh, and then Pine so, happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah also, I mean, Pine I mean, obviously, just... Sabiobi was also playing out of his mind on Tracer a lot of the time, but that's, Pine that's normal at this point. Changed well, things. The thing is, and this is something I've said for a while, and not every McCree has the ability to do it, but someone playing McCree really well in the way that Pine was can shut down your Tracer play really heavily. And, you know, Sabiolbi has been good enough to sort of avoid that happening. And this time around, uh, you s- what's it called? Oh, I'm losing my mind. Go ahead. I actually just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I've been up for a while, but it's not entirely. Yeah. Um, me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm still impressed with Boston overall. Uh, yeah, I agree with you better for the most than part, Chris. Yeah, I mean, um, Dream Casper looks really good. Uh, they definitely it shows that they have good synergy as a team, uh, mm-hmm. but it's just tough when you're competing against Koreans. Man, the Koreans are good at at esports. It's it's <laughs> like we it's kind of like what we said a little bit earlier. Um, it was just you know I think it was with the value and the shock, right? Just kind of. Player to player, I mean, they're just better. Like, you know, like even just from a standpoint of talent and skill at this point, you know, they just kind of outplay them from that standpoint. Boston still got a game off of them, which is, you know, really cool. And I think it was on Junkertown, right, that they took it. Junkertown for me just seems like some teams look like they practice it. Some teams don't look like they practice it very much. And I think it kind of shows right now whenever you, you actually see that, you know, see these matches because even the good teams, some of the good teams don't look very clean on that map. And that's kind of like where they give up that one game, you know? And so it, it's kind of funny to see, see, I, I don't know. I, I kind of wish that map wasn't even in the pool, but 
I don't know. You, do you guys have a better appreciation for that map now? Or do you guys still? So I think from a player point of view, I think the players have to be incredibly annoyed with the map as it is right <laughs> yeah. now because it's so different it's, from the norm. Yeah. But from a spectator point of view, I think yeah. it's pretty entertaining where it is mm-hmm. right now because you do get, for better or for worse, you get a distinctly different brand of Overwatch and Junkertown. Yeah. And it does create sort of the ability for a team to eventually, you know, develop a niche on there to a degree where look this map is won by different means if you actually spend the time practicing it versus other teams you can get a pretty big edge even though they'll come at the cost of more traditional practice for how other maps are played so uh face value i don't really mind how junkertown is going down right now even if it is a lot of pirate shipping i do find the entire dynamic between how long do you stick with the pirate ship what happens if you try and you know, run it and then you can't get back on or the reward. If you stick with it and you're actually able to reestablish after getting knocked out. I do think these are interesting uh, setups as it stands. It's a really funny dichotomy uh, that seems to be present among the community myself, for sure. In that I don't like playing Junker town. <laughs> yeah. And too. similarly, I don't really enjoy two CP as much as other maps, but watching these, these are the maps that we're actually seeing the most interesting strategies get brought out. Uh, the most unique team comps. Mm-hmm. It's happening on maps like Lunar Colony. It's happening on, on maps like Junkertown. Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm actually curious. I haven't talked to, to any players, uh, any of the top players about Junkertown recently. I'd be curious to get their perspective on it, but it's yeah. like fun to watch and less fun to play for some reason. I mean, we get some widow on widow action too on that map, so that's that's obviously a very very fun thing to watch too, spectator wise. Um, but yeah, so overall, I think that um, you know the the end of today was you know it's not one of those days where I feel like we had a a Dallas Soul type of hype matchup, but the Philly Houston one I think ended up kind of taking that role. Uh, so day two. I think the numbers are still pretty good, and you know, I think day three. What are we looking at for day three here? What's the what's the um, maybe the big one? I don't know. So we don't have a crazy kind of rival yeah, matchup. Dallas, we got Dallas versus Valiant. That should that Valiant should play out be pretty well. Be decent. I think that'll be a good match. Actually, uh, the, the big one for me is uh, Mayhem Boston, as far as that goes. Where <laughs> really? I think that's, okay. Well, yeah. that's sort of the make it or break it month for Boston, right? Where. Mm-hmm. I would say that there's been a decent amount of hype around Boston and they haven't really been able to live up to it. As odd as that is, given where the ups and downs of Boston, they have been getting like hyped up as like, no, they're a lot better, et cetera, but they haven't been able to prove it yet. They won't have a better chance to prove it than against Mayhem. If they lose against Mayhem, uh, the quote Denny Green, you kind of go to a situation where they are who we thought they were. And despite looking promising at points. Well, uh, it's, well, it's not a good omen for Boston if they lose the four. Well, one of those yeah. teams will be what we think they are. <laughs> you know, like whoever yes. I guess loses that. Um, I, one see, of them I, is not going to be let off the hook. I, th- I think you're right, ZP. This is potentially the, the day of like, who's the fraud? Who's, who's for real? Because Shock versus Shanghai Dragons <laughs> has also got to be kind of nerve-wracking for the Shock team who yeah. basically got dominated by Valiance yesterday. Uh, if Shock... Oh actually went down to shanghai right now that would be really bad for morale so i don't expect that to happen but i I think that's that's my match to watch here's the thing for shanghai i think there's a very clear blueprint to beating the shock right now is that you disproportionately focus on baby bay Mm -hmm. who has been doing most of the work and you go all right dante we're gonna put it on you to actually beat us and i don't know if that's gonna be the case because 
the shock front line has been rough. I mean, look, obviously Shanghai has also been very rough in turn, but I feel like the keys to beating shock are relatively simple right now from what we've seen from them. So there is, depending on Shanghai's ability to make adjustments, depending on how much we're dissecting shocks gameplay. I do think there's a world where the shock loses to the dragons, believe it or not. Well, I guess. Yeah. I mean, from what I've seen from Shanghai so far, I, I think Baby Bay could even just like carry, even with them trying oh, to D- focus D- on him. Is so very good, even though the rest he of the is, team is. He is good. So, I, in like, preseason, he was I, better, though. But yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a gigantic gulf between Dia and Baby Bay right now. So I, I think you sort of have the supporting staffs for both teams have been rough. The mm-hmm. question is who's going to come out on top here? And again, yeah. I. I don't think Shanghai winning this is as crazy as it might sound no, if you look that, at it on paper. I don't think it's crazy, but I just yeah, definitely Shocker are, are favored going into this. Um, but speaking of the mayhem, I'm going to be actually hosting a, a viewing party for the mayhem over in Orlando tomorrow. So, you guys around the Full Sail University area, definitely, um, you know, or a, if you're a Full Sail student or a friend of a Full Sail student, just uh, definitely look into coming and hanging out with us tomorrow because it's going to be a good time for sure. Um, yeah. But, and, and on that note, I, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't, don't mean to cut you off, no. but I, I also want to call out the viewing parties from today mm-hmm. that we saw. I posted the links in chat earlier, but oh my God, this might be one of the most encouraging things besides, <laughs> know, right? besides of course, the 440,000 concurrent viewers, yeah. but this might be one of the most encouraging things I saw from the last two days was the fact that they were... The Outlaws had over 600 people come to their viewing party. That is damn near the size of the entire Blizzard Arena. They basically had another Blizzard Arena That's crazy, in Houston man. watching yeah. the match. And yeah. then the pictures of the uh, the Boston, they're playing it at a bar in Boston, and it looked like it had to be several hundred people there as well. Yeah. There's probably three times as many people watching at viewing parties in these cities than mm-hmm. as there are even at the arena. That's that's dude, pretty let's, dude, let's get bar whatever we call it. Bar watches going. I'm gonna call it bar, bar watches. Let's go. You know, like so um I, I we totally need to get that going. And you know, one of the things I'm doing you're just organizing this one is it has a lot to do with just, you know, somebody just Blizzard you know, throwing that out there, you know, just basically seeing if I would would organize it. So I know Blizzard one has that kind of possible initiative too you know so i think all of these viewing parties are just helping whatever that initiative will end up being so um it's going to be you know like like you said ben i think it's really encouraging really awesome to see the locals you know kind of getting going because that that just means whenever we finally do get to our cities there's going to be these people already ready to go and buy tickets and watch you know the matches so yeah it's it's, so important definitely good uh saturday day four i think that's the big day i think there's a lot of cool matchups during uh day four we got you know, London's uh, and and Philly playing each other. I think that potentially could be very very interesting, given what we saw today. Uh, New York, Houston. You know, again, like I think that a lot of good matches here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think Saturday is going to be, um, you know, uh, the times are going to be much more friendly. I think for others and around the world. So um, you know, I, I think that might play for even more. Like maybe we'll see more than opening day. I don't know. That maybe that's a little too. <laughs> too. I, I don't think opening day will be topped until we start hitting some big milestones as far as it goes. I mean, it's okay. opening day. Yeah. Now, sure. granted, there is a possibility of more organic growth as time goes on, but yeah. I think the way these things usually go is that you have something new, you have a huge opening, you have a dip for a while, and then you mm-hmm. start get, like hitting your steady growth phase, and then your huge explosion when you get to a finals or playoffs, etc. So I, I think. Yeah. 
if you look at it right now, we started at a peak. There's going to be a drop for a little while. And then there's going to be a steady climb, ideally. And then, you know, hopefully when we get into finals uh, several months down the line, uh, we have a... If it cracked 1 million, that would be incredible. Yeah, that, that <laughs> definitely. I, I still think Saturday will Love be it. the second biggest day. I mean, those matches should be really good. You know, like we'll actually have three potentially very solid competitive matches. And that could be... Um, you know, maybe I can, I don't know if the solo lost the gladiators one will necessarily be or not, but, but, um, you know, I, I just think that for that day, I think we have the most, uh, intriguing type of matches with the names too, kind of name power. If Dallas was playing that day too, I think it would be like a solid, you know, almost like a lock to be the second biggest day. Um, but anyways, yeah, definitely check it out guys. It starts at two on Saturday. Uh, this is two Eastern, I believe. Right. And, um, yeah, just maybe just hang out by your whatever tv or your computer or whatever you're gonna watch it it'd be definitely a lot of fun uh okay so let's get into some q a we've got like one uh question that um uh somebody emailed to us actually god i gotta find his name but in the meantime i'll find his name in a second but uh he asks hey guys what do you guys think of the overwatch league doing some type of all-star match like they do in the nba the players obviously wouldn't be accustomed to playing with each other but i think it'd be cool what do you guys think i think they already have that plan don't they I think so. Yeah, yeah. The LCS I think they already have all, uh, already, so. Pretty sure I've seen info about an All Star Weekend somewhere. So that this is the part where I don't remember what's public. <laughs> what I've been told to me. <laughs> oh really? Uh, oh okay. All Star right. would be great. Careful. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think an All Star match would be great. I, I think having it mid season would be really really cool too. You know, kind of like they do do in uh, NBA. Definitely not like the Pro Bowl. That's like at the end of the season. That's kind of like pointless. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be awesome. It, they don't need to have played with each other. It's, it's the all-star match is like a total exhibition and just fun anyways. Right. So, uh, it, it'd be cool to do. I wonder what the format would be for an all-star game. Like, oh, okay. So there is an all-star week for the record is yeah. on the schedule of the overwatch league webpage. Ooh, okay. Stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four playoffs, grand finals, all-star weekend. Yeah. Okay. Like 99%. Wait, 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 wait. So. it is at the end of the season. Yes. Oh God. All right, all right. I, feel, I feel like the middle would make more sense. Yeah, I do too. I, I agree. There's a good reason for it, so you don't suffer what is essentially Pro Bowl syndrome. Even though the Pro Bowl well, technically is at the end, it's like close enough. Well, I mean, we're going to get into this like regular season, you know, a little bit of a lull, right? Just because it's the same thing like over and over and each week to week kind of thing. So you can throw in like an exhibition in there that that just kind of gets things, you know, a little riled up again, which is kind of cool. Um, okay, it's at the end of the season. Yeah, totally Pro Bowl syndrome. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens there. It still should be fun, regardless. Um, all right. Well, I mean, hey, that's Chris, maybe yeah. maybe the Genji one v one v one tournament will. Okay, happen. yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> that'd be pretty fun, the Genji thing. Uh, at least we're having it work. I hope it's not just like, hey, it's just the best of seven series, guys. Like, I, it 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 better be something better than that, if it's going to be like an all star thing. Um, uh, you know, if uh, you wanted uh, some degree of inspiration there, and I don't know if this would be the case, but the Heroes Rumble in Taipei had a lot of like quirky, fun things that they yeah. put the players into, yeah. and something like that would be really entertaining. Like you can't That's do that sort of stuff point. every week uh, for sure, but for an All Star Weekend on its own, uh, putting players in a situation to go, all right, go six Torbs, re six Torbs, or whatever stuff like that would actually be very entertaining. You know, it would be dope. Mm -hmm. ZP would be a throwback tournament. Just do it, do it, do it like um, a pickup, pickup style. Just have all the players in pools pick twelve captains, then have pickup teams, 
and then have them play in a Gosu Gamers Weekly-esque format where it's just like a, a big-ass double elimination bracket, no hero limit, let's go. <laughs> and oh. you can pick the maps just like King's Row over and over again. Just that, like, that's off-season, then. That's off-season. Yeah, <laughs> it's only do that all yeah. season. You know, I still miss map drafting. I understand why it wasn't chosen in the end, but map drafting was always uh, entertaining. Why wasn't me. it chosen? Yeah, why, why wasn't I mean, it chosen? Kings Row every single series. Like, why not? Uh, yeah. uh, it wasn't always Kings Row. It depended on the team. Like, there's some teams I'd specifically avoid that. Like, it did give that little extra layer of sort of, all right, this team really likes playing this. They really hate this. Even if there were points where you got Kings Row constantly, uh, as far as early maps go, or whatever was in vogue, uh, I remember Hollywood era. It was always kind of cool to see uh, that particular meta. So how how are the maps going to work? Are, are they going to switch them up at some point, or presumably it's just a set schedule that like swaps? Uh, okay, from week to okay. Week. So we are going to see different ones from week to week. That's good. Um, all right. Well, anyways, that's uh, that's it for the questions. You got any questions? Definitely email those to the overview at chainmanv.tv. Uh, just a quick reminder, guys, that we're actually available on any podcast apps or on iTunes or Google Play Store. Uh, you can you know, just look up Overwatch or the Overview, and you'll you'll definitely find us. And you can subscribe to us so that you know just you download it each week, each week or whenever the feed gets updated. Um, and if you like the show, definitely go and leave us a five star review because it helps with the SEO and people finding this uh, podcast whenever they're trying to find a a great Overwatch podcast. Uh, but that's going to be it, guys. That's that's all we have um, for now. Uh, I, I think maybe one thing that we should talk about, which it was definitely on the agenda, is uh, kind of the future, I guess, of the show. Because you know, a lot of folks wondering definitely about what's going on, given that I stopped Overwatchers and, and been hearing some things, too. So um, I think officially with the overview is we're not going to be doing it weekly anymore. Or, you know, and... Uh, and maybe we do it next week. I don't know, but definitely we're not going to be like holding ourselves to doing it weekly anymore. Uh, we'll we'll do it whenever we have time. Like one big thing is that my just kind of what I'm doing just generally in terms of you know just work and career and, and I mean still in the space, but I'm definitely changing things up and we'll be um, you know doing some different things. And it just doesn't allocate as much time each week to to be able to do the show you know in a consistent manner. So I think the three of us have agreed that you know whenever we all three can you know, have a time, we'll just put it together and come up with some awesome show where we have an awesome guest and, and do it that way. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's good with you guys, right? I mean, I know we've already talked about it, but I, I think we, it's generally, uh, something well, we all think is a the good key. Idea. The key was here is that we want to tell you it was okay behind the scenes just to put you on blast on air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I personally look forward to my time spending with you every week. Actually, uh, ZP and I are starting a new show. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> uh, <laughs> It's called the Underview. The Underview. <laughs> the, uh, under the tagline view. is now with 100. percent I don't think it looks as good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No. So yeah, definitely. You know, keep us if you're subscribed to obviously the feed and things like that. Just stay subscribed because you know what we definitely will be doing from time to time. I can't see myself just not doing something. You know, about Overwatch. I'm just like freaking watching it all the time. So. Um, keep on the lookout uh definitely there'll be some news at least from my standpoint that i'll be uh releasing soon just as to what i'm doing uh so keep a lookout on that follow the, the show on the overview or we can do some shouts first actually I, i'm doing all this stuff like ignoring y'all shouts so zp you want to do the shout out before we take off uh something something twitter at tempo zp <laughs> okay. I, I i i don't have the energy for shouts right now but uh we'll see okay then uh the the promised time is finally here, my children. Yeah, yes. We have ascended to esports yes. godliness. No, seriously, like this is, is I, I can't even 
believe how how strong the viewership has been, how engaged the fans already are. Uh, this is a really, really exciting time to be involved in Overwatch, um, but it's also just an exciting time for esports in general. So uh, I, I'm I'm reinvigorated, I'm reenthused, uh, and you guys should be too. Uh, it's it's just it's just awesome to be involved in this. Uh, being at the event yesterday was sick. Uh, so make sure you guys stay tuned. Uh, the show is not dead, dead forever, guys. We're, we're, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll pop in and do some episodes. Yes, we'll bring in some guests sure. in the future. So it's not rip overview, uh, but uh, just kind of lowering the cadence a little bit and just doing a little bit more ad hoc. Uh, but yeah, we've been waiting for two years. Yeah. And kudos and to Blizzard. Here. You know what I mean? We're like finally here. The, the, how, many, how many times did we hear over the last year or two that Blizzard can't do esports? Right? So... You know, we're obviously there's still a long ways to go, but this is day one of it. And, you know, I think a lot of people weren't even sure we're going to get to day one. So, you know, a lot of people that Overwatch League team is huge at this point. They're definitely working hard and definitely deserve kudos for this first week. It's been amazing so far and can't wait for the next two days. Um, anyways, that's uh, going to be it. You can follow me on uh, at ChainMV, uh, just on Twitter. You can find the VODs as usual, youtube.com slash ChainMV. And uh, that's going to be it, guys. So for ZP, Fish Sticks, and myself, Cham and V, we'll see you next time. Can you